<laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to Crown Country Farms. It is uh, Sunday night, 9 p.m. August, what do we got? August 7th, 2022. And uh, yesterday, I had the uh, luck or the um, the good fortune or what do, what do you what do you call it? I I was able to participate in the uh, Point Mariah Marathon. Privilege of participation. Yes, thank you, John. Uh, in uh, near near Donner Lake, um, I think most people are familiar with Donner Lake, which is right near Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. Uh, and that was that was yesterday morning. Um, I got John Bertan here, uh, a, a distinguished guest that has uh, been with us many times. Um, I'm actually seeing the numbers creep up in our our attendance uh, listening. Um, thank you for who. Whoever out there is listening, I don't know who these people are, but uh, all right, uh, I have a beverage here. Let's see. And uh, I think I'm enjoying a uh, a gold digger from the Auburn Ale House. Uh, what do you have, John? What do I have? It's called Galactic Utopia. I don't know what I'm brewing it from. <laughs> Galactic Utopia. Wow, that's uh, like everything now. It's some kind of hazy IPA. Let's just put in a bunch of hops to mask inconsistencies in brewing. The names change because they use the same recipe, but it always changes. You know, it tastes different every time. So just change the name. Just, just yeah, just blast the taste buds away, and no matter, uh, no nobody can tell the difference uh, from one batch to the next. Exactly. All right, so uh, this is a. I, I highly recommend this race. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a race so much as a uh, as a trail run. Um, it was very low key, which I really like. It was um, it was like I want to say about a hundred people, um, but there was only forty or so individual runners, and then there was partner runners and then they had teams which i think was pretty cool they had like um five segments in the race so a team of five uh was um seemed like a lot of fun you didn't so i can let let me get this straight you could a team there were different segments assigned to different runners and for a partner you both had to do the whole race um, partner, I think you did like half of the race and you did like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think you did. I, I don't know how partner works. Yeah. That's a good question because if you have two, how do you split it up with five segments? Um, here, let, like, let me share. I got the results up, but I, all I see is 37 finishers, three DNFs and a handful of did not starts, but nothing. A lot. Labeled. Oh, Partner marathon, I see it. Okay. So uh, I, the teams <laughs> quinning, I'm with stupid. Bahatsi Mountain Pandas. <laughs> wow. Naked monkey. I could guess who the Pahatsi Mountain Pandas are, because I know a guy who lives on Cascade, which is right by Pahatsi. Um and an, okay. a, uh let's see, what was his name? There's there's Tim and there was another guy. Uh and they're like dads in the neighborhood there. There's a team um, that is Y with a question mark, which is a, <laughs> and then five-person team had also 
naval uh, named um, Da Locals, Mariah Thoners. That's a good one. The Walking Clever. Wounded, Mariah Pariahs. Hmm. Wow, that looks uh, that looks like a fun group of people. Yeah, it was everybody. That they, these are all ultra people. So there's a diff. There are different. I'll say different classes. Is that right to say? They're different. Not uh, not marathon people. They're not marathon people. There are. So so I'm I'm like dipping my toe into another world, because when you go to um, CIM, uh, California International Marathon, or you go to uh, a big marathon race, uh, I don't know. I haven't been to New York, but I've been to Boston. Like everyone is. It's just a different mindset, just kind of just different. I don't know how to put my finger on it, but like it, these are the ultra people. So if we back up a whole year, John did the Castle Peak 100, and I have 100, to say 100k, 100 kilometer, 60 100 kilometer. It was more 65 like 65 mile, yeah. 65. Uh, in awful heat, it was really hot that day. It was like mid 90s easily. Temperature was okay at night. <laughs> um, huge respect for John because, you know, I've done like eight, ten mile runs up in the mountains. Nothing like, but when you go long distances at high altitude, it, uh, especially on the trails that John was on, oh man. I, and I only ran, so I ran the last like 18 or so with John. Run is but a loose it, term, too. There's a lot run, of hike. run, hike. <laughs> there were trekking poles, I think. I'm starting to forget if I actually used trekking poles in that race. Um, Whole new respect for you, John. I'm like, how on earth did you do that 100K? Well, you you, you saw. Uh, <laughs> and I think you, you, would do, you would do the same. I would, be, I, I would be much angrier than, than you showed. Um, you had really good mental restraint. Um, I know you were in pain, uh, but I don't know the level there because I just touched it yesterday and it was like, oh, I'm not going to do this again. If I was to do two marathons that day, which is still not even 60, you know, 64, but <laughs> the and heat. You dip your, dip your toes into the ultra, you get your toes back, but not your toenails. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, so everyone was just really chill, um, just very, very friendly. Uh, nobody, nobody lined up. Like when you do a 5K or a 10K, everyone's like right there on the line, and it's like there's a lined gun up. goes off. Their watch there's no, is ready. There's no. This is a. This is a trail run. Nobody gets up. Even the guy who won the race, you know, they were kind of like behind, like. 10 girl or a bunch of women at the front and like it was just totally whatever and nobody was trying to pass anyone at the beginning totally well let, let's chill finish like let's get this tone for the start there's 33 37 finishers um looking at the number of teams there are what there's about a hundred people at the start line maybe so so yeah there was i was number Gosh, what was my number? You placed 10th. 
So you you were you were top ten. Top ten <laughs> out of thirty something. So there was like still 40, top ten. Yeah, I'll take a top ten. If I and we'll get into it, but there, it could have been a lot better. So I was like 40, 41. I'll say I was number forty one. There was a ninety something. So the numbers were all sequential, and the teams all had a number that they all like had the same number or something. So there was about a hundred people that started. Um, that's with the partners, the groups, and the individuals. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, no-shows. Uh, I saw that. That's what I see down there at the bottom. A lot of did-not-starts. About just as many did-not-starts as... Uh, maybe half as many did-not-starts as finished. Yeah, and I was... You know, for for a marathon, I was, that's kind of surprising. You know, there wasn't smoke in the air. It was great weather. I, I lucked out. It what, rained what hard the day, day before. Oh, that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. For me. What time did it start? 8 a.m., which I thought was late. I wanted it to start at like 7 because I knew I that was like already warm at 8. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was like 50s. Was, I think it was 58 at the start. Oh, that's fantastic. And yeah, it was really nice. Um, I wanted it to start earlier. I was hoping in the back, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but I was like, it would be really nice to be in the fours. And technically, I ran a marathon at like 4:42, but you'll see my overall time was like five something. I don't you know. got an extra four miles. What it looked like at least miles. an extra three. Um, so let's let's yeah let's let's go through uh, chronologically. And I have to say, the race director, the best race director I've seen, because I don't know any race directors really. Who was the race director? Let's give him a shout out. This guy, I sent him an email. I hope he hears some of this someday. His name was Chris Lloyd. Uh, let's see, Chris or Chris DC Lloyd. Yeah, I think it's or Cloyd. Maybe I'm saying his name wrong, but his first name's Chris. It's Lloyd something. Or I have his email is Chris D C Lloyd. Um, yeah, the guy was just, just, you could just tell he was like an ultra guy and he was just really into it and he was really, you know, have a great time out there. Thank you. He was just walking around. Uh, he had a mountain bike and he biked to like mile, I want to say four cheering people on. Then he biked to like mile five cheering people on. And then he was at the, you know, he was at the aid station, uh, just, thanking everybody and you know just kind of being a good steward with the whole race i thought and i know he was probably out there marking at least one of the segments because there was five segments and it was really well marked i'm looking at the funny. map and it looks like <laughs> there's a lot of loops happening in the ski area the royal gorge ski area and yeah you know this you're coming course. back on yourself a couple places so that looks like it could be some confusing some confusing race marking going on if you're going through multiple uh, passes through the same place. It was very well thought out because um, you have a central point about five miles in and each segment stops at that point. It's like the main aid station. So you do, you do the, you, the only segment you do twice is the first one, which is kind of out to the center 
uh, aid station. And then you do the second segment is out to Point Moriah. And then you do the first Routen Peak, which is where I was just kind of in a zone, which is really interesting because I really got lost, apparently, and I backtracked, apparently, and it didn't really register. And it was like 30 minutes at least of running <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, here's the problem. It was the color of the ribbons. They were How did you the- know you were off course? Um, well, at one point I was at a, I was at a juncture between the yellows and the pinks and I couldn't find the yellows. Uh, and I had, and I know, I know the, tra- I was a little overconfident cause I know the so trails. You were, you were, you were technically on the course itself, but mm-hmm. you weren't in the right, not sequence. the right course. So that's actually even more maddening. If you go out and you realize I'm not seeing anything and then you realize you're there's no race anything where you are and you're getting actually running back towards where the race is happening that's one thing you're still where the race is happening when you realized you went the wrong way did you see any other racers yes there was racers kind of coming back towards me and i was like oh huh okay these guys are probably in the lead uh they're probably like a, a mile or two ahead of me whatever and uh then i was like oh uh, I should be probably going up route and not, I was, I was reverse the, so, so I'll call the first one, the Mariah loop. You, you, you go from the aid station out to point Mariah, which was incredible. I can see that. Be- and so that's beautiful. looking at the map and that, there, there, the mile where you are actually out at point Mariah looks like you are, it's like mile 10. Um, let's see to get, yeah, uh, turning around at point Mariah was about 10 and, uh, there's this, um, what's the loop called? Um, ah, the Hewlett rim trail, the Hewlett rim trail, uh, goes all the way around the serene lakes area. And the Hewlett rim trail has a little switchback area that goes up to a ridge. And so on the way out to point Mariah, you take the Hewlett rim trail up to this ridge and you're you're like almost as high as Routen Peak and Routen I'll call it Routen Ridge. I don't know if that's the right term. Go out to Mariah. They have the big bottle of uh, whiskey out there. I had a shot, which is a bad idea. So I'm I'm 10 miles into a marathon. I thought that was a Castle Peak thing. Is that just a Point Mariah thing? These are all Castle Peak people, and, and like okay. you you could they all have the what is the un unafraid right oh that, yeah the, the donner party the, mountain runners i forget what the, the slogan was the the unafraid t-shirts so i think that was one of the slogans at your your castle peak but i saw a bunch of those and so they're having like a party out there at point mariah i had to go on the swing because i'm not in this race for time i was just it's just like a fun trail run have a shot at that idea because it's starting to get a little warm. What what time of day is this? Is uh, like 10 a.m. Hour, hour and a half in, so it's like almost 10 a.m. Yeah, maybe it's a good time just for a shot. 10. Good. <laughs> I felt like shit. Pardon the French. After that, for like only for like 30 minutes, but I just was dragging. Did you have any salt pills with you? I did. I so so pro tip, Andy. Pro tip. Um, I went to Sports Basement 
uh, three days before the race and bought brand new shoes. Uh, I got my uh, my speed goats, Hoka speed goats. Uh, I also got some electrolyte thing, uh, thanks to um, where did I see that? Probably on Facebook advertising because they see me looking at race stuff. And uh, but I went over to Amazon and bought. It's called Element. It's just some electrolyte powder. I don't know. It worked out. It's really salty, and I was thinking salt's probably good because I'm gonna sweat a lot. Um, so my plan was so so back up a little. I had five uh, vanilla bean goos, one for each five miles, and then I had three of these element things, which were pretty because my the cup of because it's a cupless race, so you have to carry your cup, which they give you. Cupless race now. They give you a cup, and it's a great idea. It's it's cool because like. It also makes you kind of think about what you're going to be drinking and eating, you know? So I think that's smart. And it's handy when you're out at Point Mariah and you need to take a shot. Cause like, As it, that alcohol <laughs> dissolves the plastic, probably. <laughs> it, was, it was some generic. It might have been. It was brown. And it was a generic bottle. Like maybe from like, I want to say like Safeway or something, but... Some kind of bottom shelf where none of that brown actually comes from wood. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably food coloring. (laughs) Food coloring and sawdust. Um, Oh, yeah. So I was saying the cups. So I just, it only holds like maybe, maybe, I want to say three quarters of a measuring cup worth of liquid in the cup. So you topped it off, right? I actually said, hit me up some more, because she gave me, like, a splash. I was like, come on. So she, she like, poured it in there. <laughs> very very so responsible. When I, when I say one finger, I mean one finger from the top. <laughs> oh, so, John, this is this is a, such an organized podcast. So a week ago, uh, I did a race up there. It was a 4.7-mile, uh, like, fun run kind of thing. And Same I rolled area? my ankle. Same exact area. Um. And Tim, the guy I mentioned earlier, I wish I could remember his last name, uh, he was organizing that. And there was like 40 people. Misha, was he won that, and I was right behind him. Uh, Nice. You know, he he mentioned you. He said, do you know John? Yeah, Yeah, he was was fifth at Castle Peak. Yeah, he's a fast guy. I like looked him up. And then somebody's like, oh, wow. You know, because I was like a minute behind him. And after I rolled my ankle and because uh, I thought I'm going to try to win this thing because it's just like local people, you know, and I could I could do this. But yeah, I, Misha, he goes he goes up there a lot. Um, Misha Shemukin, if I saying his mm-hmm. last name right, um, lives in Mill Valley, got kids yep. that are probably around maybe just younger than your kid's age. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is very fast in those, uh, especially the ultra distance, because he's been up there in a uh, Miwok. I've seen him crushing it in that race. Uh, Dipsy off and one year uh, he and his mother um, got the fastest family time at the Dipsy I believe it he's he's in another stratosphere or is that the right way to say it he's in another he's in another level like yeah he crushed me I think he was just jogging it and was basically crushing me so I couldn't catch him but I did roll my ankle and Oh yeah, I heard he's like a two thirty something Boston guy. Yeah, which that's right. Yeah, a whole half hour faster than me. So, yeah, he's and 
you know, like any really fast guy, totally humble. But you could tell he just, you know, really, really good runner. Anyway, rolled my ankle. My ankle swelled up so much I couldn't even put on a shoe. I was like <laughs> hopping. It was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad roll. And, uh, of course, uh, family is like, you know, maybe it's not a good idea. You're doing a marathon. <laughs> well, this is you. You had a whole week. I, I did. And I assume uh, the next day it feels a lot better than you, it did before and so on and so forth. And you realize it's not that bad, but you're still in the back of your head. So Sunday, and, it was really big. It got in the morning. It seemed bigger. It was really big. It looked pretty bad. But yeah, it got better and better. But it was still a little swollen on uh, race day. I ran, I ran like six miles. I want to say Thursday, and then I ran. Yeah, I thought I thought buying new shoes and getting that electrolyte stuff was a good idea. You know. <laughs> well, just to look at, I mean, your pace was remarkably consistent. You started out at a 9:58 for your first mile, and your last mile was a 9:34. There were some. You're looking at the mile 20 was a 15 minute mile, but that could have been, there's a lot of reasons, aid station, I don't know, climbing. Um, but that was my last get, aid station. I took a, yeah. a sunscreen break there. Yeah. Um, so uh, your pace looks actually very consistent. So thanks, John. It's matching up like where you drop in pace is where you're going uphill, downhill. You're still keeping the pace you started with. Um, that's a, yeah well well executed so uh nothing in your nothing in your split profile says he's nursing a rolled ankle no it what happened was it it felt better like after five or six miles i felt it like the first five miles but after it kind of stretched out everything was fine it just said there to, you go that's just that advice of walk it off run it off it'll get better that's right just, just rub, some, rub some dirt on it if you fall really hard just just run it off yeah <laughs> Spit on it, rub some dirt on it, go tough it out. But what you just said, it tells me I didn't do it hard enough. Um, but that wasn't the point for this race. It was a it was a trail run, and you said just, be, because you ran it an even pace, you could have gone harder. Well, yeah, there was no falling. There was no. I should have been falling off. The wheels should have been falling off the last two miles. Like if that's a, or or three miles, if you execute a really good marathon, because it's all it's all on you. It's not winning uh, for me. It is. It's if if every split is even, well then I'm not putting my full effort in. Like you should collapse at a marathon that's like full effort. I think a <laughs> lot of people might disagree with that, saying, <laughs> you, you, "Sure, you have to collapse at the end, but every split should be very even. You should be running at a pace so that." Every mile is just getting a little bit harder, but you're still holding the same pace. Okay, is, well, there's two, is, this two is, different things. Okay, for a different day, but no, no, this is this is good stuff. So, it's two different races. So, let's say you're doing a pretty flat road marathon. I think you're and say say you're at 6:30 splits, 6:30, 6:30, and I think you should be about 6:40, not not like. Not 30 minutes, not 30 seconds slower, but like say 15, 20 seconds on the last mile or last two, because that tells me you've put everything you can into the race versus, um, 
Yeah, because if you're at 6.30, that means you have a little bit left if you're exactly 6.30 the whole way through. But those 6.40 miles, those last two miles, should feel like you are running. They should feel what a five-minute mile would feel to you at the beginning of the race. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had this coach in high school, uh, Coach Dale Smith, passed away a long time ago. Yeah, he was like, if you don't throw up at the end of the race, you're not you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> great, great advice. Yeah, I think in the ultra world, if you're if you are throwing up, then the then the advice is stay out of the sun and get some more water, get some more salt. Mm-hmm. Sun, sun is so slow it down. You're you're right, uh, John. Like it was more of a heat management, and that's what I found. Found in Florida was much harder. By the way, Florida was just light, just way harder than this whole thing. Um, yeah, managing heat is harder than like muscle pain or anything. How much of the course was exposed to sun? Um, not, let's see, I'd say about a third of it. There's a lot, a lot in the trees and stuff. How much, especially in the later hours, like you started at 8.30, you said? Mm-hmm. No, I started at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. So you're finishing up, you know, it's, it's 1, 1.30. At lunchtime, out in the sun, running up in the Sierras, that's some, that's some intense sun. Now, were you wearing a singlet or were you wearing a t-shirt i gotta pull up your photos it's wearing a shirt you had a t-shirt that had short sleeves yes i was going i was dressed and and racing well or running just as if i was going for a long run i had no real aspirations for time so you took a hydration vest yes and I was debating that, and I'm glad I did because it was. I could have, if I was, if I wanted time, I would have, would not have worn the hydration vest. Um, really? Did I you drink so. all the water in the hydration vest? <laughs> so, so, uh, I did twice, and I think it's. And like you're a saying you didn't amount. need that hydration vest. You're saying if you were running faster, you would have needed less water. Oh, I could have. I mean, I... <laughs> let's see. I'm, I'm just, I'm just pointing out the logic here. When they filled up the hydration vest, it was like putting a weight on my back, um, and weight I didn't drink. That keeps, weight that keeps your <laughs> blood pH and chemistry in a state that's optimal for running at altitude and in sun i don't know i don't know john let's 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 agree to disagree this is only a marathon this is not a 100k uh ultra um i've done both hand bottle in a 50k trail mountain 50k and hydration vest and whether you're carrying water especially in a mountain trail race 
even if it was less than a marathon, I'd say carrying water is is an essential thing. Even if you're running to win the race, I feel you never know what can happen. You never know what condition, especially in the mountains, what what weather might toss you. Um, having that water on you is a a it's it's always a backup plan, a plan B. Uh, and then it's also a safety thing, but it's anything could happen. Like you, if uh, you're running through too much sun, running too hard, you realize, oh, I need some more water, but I'm not at the aid station yet. I'm you. You'll be glad if you have something on you just to at least clear the dust out of your mouth from all that Sierra dust that gets kicked up. And I've seen, I've seen enough uh, podium finishers. They'll they'll have vests. It, it's it just seems a standard thing now, and it seems more convenient than more convenient than a hand bottle. Now the the reservoir that's in the back with the tube. I saw that's what you had. That is a little more inconvenient because you got to take that thing off. But if you have hand bottles like the the soft blast that can slot into a vest, some, something something some kind of water to carry with you. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the top five guys had hand bottles. I mean, I would have ran with a hand, hand bottle. bottle, but even the hand bottle is not an it's 12 ounces so like is it 12 yeah like a little these aren't these aren't even the large bike no. water bottles these are the small bike yeah, water bottles any of them double uh, fisting it no just Do you like notice any waste packs on any of them that's another thing that people will have is a small low profile waste pack with another bottle slash in there oh i was about to wear my uh quad dipsy um uh fanny pack which is awesome. It's a Patagonia fanny pack. I was gonna wear that with my with my goose and the little uh, element things that I succumb to on a Facebook ad, and then you know talked about that earlier, um, which worked okay. Um, but then I just went with the whole Camelback, and there was but then there's people, John, that have like okay, there's guys with trekking poles, trekking <laughs> got, poles. Yeah, there was a guy with trekking poles, okay. which is a good idea. It's more common. Actually. Yeah. Uh, if you're hiking it, I mean, makes sense. There's a lot of you know up and down, and then like big packs. I don't know what they have in there, but they're they're hauling all kinds of stuff, and maybe they're much more responsible than me. But sometimes they're prepping for something else. Sometimes mm. they have another race in the calendar, and this is a nice time to go out in a supported way, and still test all the gear that you're going to take for something else. So that's another think, reason why so. people will take that it. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess there was my, a... first, my first race of trekking poles was a 26K. So that it was a test to see how are trekking poles. <laughs> yeah, um, I and I'm not knocking trekking poles. I think that's really smart. Um, it was just, uh, and it wasn't really a race again. It was kind of a trail thing. I think there was only like five people really racing. How... How were the switching speaking of nutrition? How were aid stations spread out? What did they have? You said it was cupless. Oh, okay. Another shout out. Really well thought out race. Really great question. Thank you, John. Um, this is in hindsight. Okay, we should we should start a running company because we've done all these races. We like know what people like. We know what makes sense. We know the energy and the things people need at stations. Okay, so. 
really smart. Like I said, there was five segments. There is the first segment that's out, and then there's the aid station after segment one. And so, so the first segment, if you recall, uh, Castle Peak 100, it was basic. It was supposed to be up the the ski lift at, at Soda, Soda Springs. At Soda Springs. But there was probably some sort of liability thing because they were doing some work, or I think. And so you had to run the half mile up Soda Springs Road, and you still made your way up the trail there. But there was a half mile on asphalt the first half, and the the race director was That's all apologetic. Is. I can see that. Yeah, and he was, you know, but what can you do? It was their property. So, um, yeah, we went up for segment one, and then you get to the the We'll call that the main hub aid station, which has everything you could possibly need at an aid station. And it has the energy for like, there was like 50 people there. It was awesome. They were barbecuing. So my dad on Friday That's night. That's like a one to two volunteer to run a ratio. It's awesome. It's so great. And everybody was so nice, you know, because it was. Oh, I, I've seen it where there's like four people at an aid station and they're service and they're helping like 800 people and it's like a, a serious chore and it must get exhausting to, you know, and then and then to be a, a imagine being like CIM at an aid station and you're like a Boy Scout and you got I don't know how many thousands of people running by grabbing cups out of your hand and knocking stuff all over the place and it's like that energy sucks because they're, they're, the they're, most terrifying they're... aid station I've ever worked at was the Vista Point on the north side of the Golden Gate Bridge during the San Francisco Marathon. I had a big, like, copy paper-sized box of energy chews. What, how old and, were you? Oh, this was back in 2015. Okay, so, so you were an adult. adult. Okay. I think I, I can't remember what running club. I don't know if it was for Tamalpa or for San Francisco Running Company. I was out there at that aid station. And that race starts at 5.30 in the morning. So we got there at 5.30 to get ready because that's seven miles in. And it's a big city marathon. But it's a big city marathon that doesn't attract necessarily the fastest field because there are a lot of hills if you're going to go for a PR. That's not the course to do it on. But there are a lot of a lot of fast locals in it. So let's say like the top hundred people, it's pretty mellow. But this is also the full marathon and one of the half marathons are coming through this aid station. And after the first hundred people, I know a lot of people say, that yeah. we a lot of people that we knew, it was just a horde of people grabbing as much as they could from that box, uh, including half marathons. People were, who were decked out with the you know full hydration vests and everything. And it was just unrelenting for, I don't know how long it lasted. It, it was, it was a while. So, and so, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was crazy how many people and just how messy <laughs> everything was. I think I was. remember you telling me about this. Like, um it's and yeah, I the top have, 100 I runners have, didn't touch anything there i mean our friend i think uh jorge maravilla was there i think my sister was running it i can't remember oh yeah jorge but they all such all a nice guys guy and gals one of the nicest through. runners i've ever met jorge they don't uh, they don't use anything from the station they just come through they got everything they need 
yeah. And then, and then before you realize it, it's just everybody grabbing everything. And those big city marathons, <laughs> those, when you're in the middle of the pack of those things, those, that's a lot of people. It's just sheer number of people. And these trail races just don't have that sheer number of people. So I have two thoughts on that. First is a confession. Because when I first got into like triathlons and running, I was young, right? And like, I didn't have any money. And so I would go to the expo and I would take as much as I could possibly take. And it was early days. So there wasn't, and the people working at those expos, they're not guarding anything. And I would ask like, can I have, uh, you know, five or six, and these were the goos and stuff. These were like goos and bars. And I, <laughs> I would come back from a, a race and I would have like, I would have my race food for like months, you know, like getting your not, money's it, worth. Yeah, yeah, getting my money's worth. But it was at the expo. I wasn't going to haul. I wasn't going to be running and grab like six goose from a table. <laughs> um, but, and but back lug to, it for the rest of the race course. But back to like respecting the volunteers. I am not entire. I'm not innocent here. I remember doing races where I'd be angry getting over to the table or whatever to get whatever I needed. And it wasn't until, you know, maybe, maybe like five or six years ago. I don't know. Maybe when I had kids, maybe I had another perspective. I don't know. But I was like, what the hell? Like these people are here (laughs) volunteering. And especially if they're children volunteering, you have got to be nice. And when I see somebody grab water and literally splash like a little girl in the face as they're grabbing the water. This is like at Boston, you know, and we're all cooking. We're running hard. But it's like, it's not that important. <laughs> you know, we're just we're just like guys in our 40s running a race. It's not that important. And, uh, yeah, so what, whatever you can do to appreciate the people volunteering is really important. And... And also, like, going back to, like, uh, and that was another thing the race director mentioned. He said, at the beginning of the race, he said, I want everyone to have a good time. Let's be good stewards and make sure uh, we're respecting the course. And, you know, just, he was just kind of like, um, let's, and, and I did pick up one piece of trash because that's all I could find on the whole course. I, I picked that's up a little That's really good. <laughs> but it was that's... really clean out there. That's good. That's good to hear that people are keeping their stuff. That kind, you know, the coupless attitude is caring to other things. Hopefully, the, I, uh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, aid stations are funny things. When I start, I mean, starting in, I guess it was like triathlons too, and then marathons. I think early on, I made it a habit for my own self. I was very particular on my own training, like what schedule I was going to drink fluids and eat stuff. So I never really relied on the aid stations. If it was there, it was convenient. But I would, a lot of aid stations, um, even in big city marathons, I'll just run through. And that's off my own nutrition schedule. So I just keep going. Do you wear a vest and a a camelback type um, backpack? Depends on the race. Do you do a marathon? if, If it's a trail marathon and there's a lot of climbing, probably especially if it's going to be warm uh or weather because i like to be able to have a 
some kinds of clothes in there, either a place to put them when I shed them or a place to put them, store them in case I need them. Uh, road marathon, I'll just bring a hand bottle. And uh, that's usually enough to get me through the whole road marathon. And then I'll have the goose stashed in a waste pouch. And that's uh, that's pretty much everything I need for it. It's uh, the the aid stations, even the cups of water that are there. It's it's too it, it kills my pace. Uh, I guess I'm that that picky in particular. And um, yeah, I, I, guess, I, 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 I hear a runner you. in a sense. It's uh, I'll just go through and I, I'm on my time and distance schedule for when I drink and when I eat. I was, and, um, I think, I think the more races you do, you, you, you get more, uh, comfortable with what you like or what you're used to. And so on this one, I was like, okay, every five miles is a goo. I'm carrying those with my, with me and the electrolyte. I'm also bringing that. So I know because like, they're like, you go into an aid station and they're, you know, friendly. They're like, do you want uh, electrolyte or do you want water? And it's like, well, what is that electrolyte? Because it's like, it's a big okay, deal. if you're, if you're running for, okay, you're running for a hundred K not, not this joke marathon I did. Uh, not a joke. You, 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 uh, you don't know what the, uh, uh, what's the concentration of the electrolyte is. So, mm-hmm. Is it, it's probably whatever, hopefully it's whatever it should be, but it could just be diluted or it could be really high octane. So I was drinking this, um, I know exactly what I was putting in my body because I was drinking, it was, it was, it should not have been three quarters of a cup of water, but that's what I did at the aid station. Cause it's like, just give me a cup of water. And then I put the, um, element stuff in there. Cause then I knew, okay, that's what I'm putting in every uh, what is it? I did it. I did it on miles. I didn't do it on time. I probably should have done it on time. I just want to put this in context. You're very sound, very particular about the mix of the electrolyte, and as you quote, what you're putting in your body, but you still got to have a shot of the brown liquid in the bottle <laughs> at Point Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what's great about this conversation is like. This is this is just like a a good run. I'm just talking about having a good run, basically. And like everybody was, you know, what was really awesome was seeing my dad out there. Um, so I drove. Where up was my, he at? He was at the aid station. The big aid station. Uh, the, the 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 central aid station. Okay. And dad, being dad, I was like, Dad, you should go to the main aid station. And he's like, It'd be funny if he listens to this. He's like. Oh, I don't know, Andy. So I'm like, okay, um, you can just ride your bike there. It's right. It's you can just you know, it's like a mile from the cabin. Uh, so he so he drives the van, but it's like uh, a third of a mile from where you park. And anyway, like I was, and I told him, be careful what you volunteer for. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I ran by, because I was there three different times, Dad was there with a thing of water. Uh, oh, he didn't have a hat on. You know, because he's like bald oh. on the top of his head. <laughs> totally burned. Dad's Dad's getting up there. Sierra he's time. in like his his seventies, late seventies, and or mid whatever. And uh, yeah, so I was I was out there running. And I was like thinking, oh, Dad's just cooking out in the aid station. <laughs> but did he have fun? He did. Um, but he 
you know, he's like, he doesn't know anybody there. And so they didn't, he didn't think to bring food. They offered him a quesadilla, but he had like a bite of a quesadilla <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so I was, here I am talking about electrolyte mix and my goose and the water. And dad is literally standing in the heat, <laughs> just cooking with no food. <laughs> uh, but that was, yeah, I, I, I hope you can do it. I hope uh, family or people I know can do this race again. I hope they do it again. Um, was this the first year they did it? It is. And I don't think they did Castle Peak this year. There was There is no Castle Peak this year. It would be either this coming weekend or the next. Yeah. And there, I don't remember the reason, something with permitting. But this is the same running club that put on Castle Peak, mm-hmm. the Donner Party Mountain Runners. Yep. Okay. So that that's... That's good. And maybe I wonder if this was like, we're not doing Castle Peak, so we'll put this on instead. They just threw it together. Yeah. It's uh, And it looks like they had support of Royal Gorge, too, because it's all through their ski trails for the most part, it looks like. Are those public trails to some degree? Like, I mean, a lot of places you can just go running through, hiking through, biking through on trails, um, especially up there, because it's kind of like a public-private partnership with a lot of the land. So there's, so, so there's two. How does that work? That's a that's a good question. There's two um, uh, stewards of the land. Basically, it's uh, Soda Springs and Royal Gorge is like a conglomerate or something, and they own a lot of the area. And the ski skiable skiable uh, the cross country uh, trails and obviously Sugar Bowl is all owned by like the same company. And then there's this large. Um, I want to call it easement, but it's the uh, Donner. No, ah, I forget the name of it. But I think it was 2012. They, and it's kind of like an open space thing. In 2012, mm-hmm. there was thousands of acres that were basically purchased by local homeowners. And uh, I want to say 2011 in Serene Lakes, they were trying to raise money for this purchase. And if I, I, yeah, it was in 2012, so I don't remember the name of the exact um, trust that owns it. I think it's Donner Mountain Land Trust or something Land Trust. But if you if you donated two thousand dollars or more in the community, then you got this little like plaque you can put in front of your cabin, which I was like, and and I'll just say it, I think that's really stupid. Because it's like, yeah, you want to protect the land, but you also want to let everybody know that you're you're helping protect the 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 land well, around the property. Look at it from the people soliciting the money. They're gonna do whatever they can to get as much coming in as possible. And if they know a special shiny thing that's gonna make people proud that they gave something, then by all means you're gonna say, All right, we'll give you this if it's you know helps bring in more than the cost of creating those things. The the uh, I'm looking at that ridge up there, and some of the returns uh, back down. Um, at any point, did you feel that the the terrain was was just kind of adding up? Does that make sense? The you you mentioned you didn't feel the wheels ever came off. But I always feel whenever I felt I'm the doing... heat, I felt the heat. I, felt the heat. I was 
the heat is gets to me because I was I was running with my friend Chad today, and I was like, I could never do a hundred k if I had to run in the middle of the day, and it was like in the nineties because well, you I don't really dial I don't, back the pace. So I don't want to train. Yeah, I don't want to train heat and um so so yeah how do you train for like that kind of run because i don't want to do that it sounds miserable oh it's 90 degrees let me go for a 20 mile run that just sounds awful you don't you don't always do a 20 mile run in 90 degrees you'll go out and do a 10 mile run in 90 degrees little taste of heat um i think well even going back to last summer i did a lot of uh Central Marin uh, and North Marin, your neighborhood, Big Rock Ridge. Let's go 2 p.m. to the towers and back, something like that. <laughs> and uh, you're not, you're not, you know, getting any pace records for yourself, but you're just you're gonna go finish it. and You bring enough water accordingly. You, so it's. I think your your maybe your biology is that the right word? I think I think you can handle heat better just as a person than I can. You get out and but, do some hot runs. I mean, you seem to handle this run just fine. And I, uh, what was the temperature at the finish? Uh, like 85. I don't know. It wasn't that yeah, hot. Yeah, that's 85 is pretty warm, especially in direct sun. And especially the last five. So, so regrets, right? Regrets. You know that tattoo? Regrets. <laughs> so, honestly, John, this, and this is what I was kind of smiling about. I was just so like in my zone running through the woods by myself that I really lost track of time for a very long time. And amazing that, that, that happened that I didn't even notice like, Oh, there went 45 minutes. That tells me I'm in good shape. And like everything is at the right, you know, because I was in that, that, uh, weird time slipping zone. And, um, but I did regret it near the finish because I was like, well, wait, wait, I'm at 27. <laughs> I still have a couple miles to go. <laughs> and I know, That's a- yeah, I know a guy who finished ahead of me, like a couple minutes. He had, he was about 27 even. And there was another guy who won it and he was like 26.9. So let's say the whole course was 27 because those guys were probably following the course. Because there's two, that's my sample, which is the two, and I was at 29.3, so there's at least 2.3 miles there, <laughs> extra. The, the there's the the GPS thing, and everybody's GPS can give different values at the end of the race. It it can be uh, very pleasant when you have gone. You, the race is officially a marathon. You're like, wait, my watch only says 24 miles, but I'm done. Awesome. And then it's a different thing if you're like, wait, this is supposed to be 26.2 and I'm getting close to 28. Where is this finish? So that's, and you had it, you had a couple extra miles and you weren't exactly sure, I assume, how far off course you went back. So you were just sort of shooting in the dark for what your actual finish total would be, I assume. I, I, had, I had no idea. I, I, I remember doing switchbacks and realizing it was wrong and I should probably okay there's my trail i got back on the trail but it didn't feel like it was two miles i mean but i wasn't looking at my watch or really paying attention but i do remember 
you at the Castle Peak 100, um, it was, we were well past 62. You could probably see or hear Donner Ski Ranch at that point where the race finished. We'd be probably across the train tracks and we knew it was coming up soon. It was just how far is that stretch of road? How many laps around a track is it going to be to get there? <laughs> and you and you wanted the the um, the a Western States qualifying. Oh, time. Western States we qualifier. Were, we, we were. I was what? It had to be minutes. sub eighteen or was it sub nineteen? Sub twenty. Sub twenty. Sub twenty. But they but like they actually 51. changed it later to be sub retroactively. <laughs> sub twenty one. So in the end, I was fine, but. Didn't know that when we were running in the middle of the night towards the finish, but we made I'll never, it. I'll never forget that night because it was, it's just kind of surreal to be running in the Sierras late at night. And like, I also remember you being probably the most angry I've seen you. You were, you're pretty pissed off. And it was like, okay, we got to get this guy, you know, at least under his 20, I guess. And it was like, uh, it was tough. We were doing like 12 and a half minute and it was kind of a slog up that it wasn't it felt flat. like a 5:30 pace. Sounds yeah, like yeah. your your end of this race was like the opposite mindset that <laughs> I was in finishing Castle Peak. Now, you you had to finish this on the road too. So, it's just that little stretch on it's called Soda Springs Road. Yeah. Um just that little like half mile. And so, like yeah. So once I you saw hit my that dad road, right there. Yep. Once I, I hit actually, the road, I was like flying. It was but you're great. finishing like the last the last seven miles of this race are everything you did the the, the first seven miles of the race. Really? Gosh, I I'm surprised to hear that because I didn't really look at it. I was I'm really hurting the, about mile 26. I was like, our last six was, miles of the race are the same as the first six miles. That's yeah. that's awesome because. The first six, I must have just because the first six, you go uphill. You know, there's that big mountain there, the big like ski ski hill. Yeah, I'm seeing it. And you go up, and you're on the back of the ski hill. And wow, I I did not think I because I, I even walked. I walked a little on the way on the last six coming back because it was I was I, I was like looking at my that. heart rate too. I was like, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Just blow it up because in the heat by myself, yeah, it's like almost one o'clock. It's too hot. Okay, so so overall, what was this? Is what I asked actually my cross country students. I need, need a third beer here. I just finished my second beer. Well, I I got a hard out at ten, but the uh, I always ask my cross country students this at the end of a race. What mm-hmm. was the what was the thing that was the hardest part of the race? What was the part you're most proud of? And what did you learn from it? What's gonna? What are you taking to the next race? This is. These are very good questions, John. Um, the hardest part of the race was keeping it slow because I was trying to just just run the race and like just run a trail run, just be cool, and not like I was. I I even stepped aside and let people go by. I passed them later, but like I was not like, right okay, nice. yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't care. I'm not gonna try to 
just crush this because it's a long run. So, okay, the second question, what was, what was the second question? What are you most proud of in this race? I'm proud of taking my time. <laughs> I'm actually proud of, of getting out to Point Mariah, like fist bumping the person there, and then swinging on the swing for like six swings, taking a shot and being like, hey, guys, I really think thanks for being here. This is awesome. I appreciate it. And I wasn't like, OK, if this is Andy doing whatever race I've trained like uh, four months for, there's no talking. It's like I'm just <laughs> going to do this thing and do it as fast as I can. So I'm proud that I took my time. And then at the aid station, I was like, the lady was like, oh, let's let's uh, dry your neck off before we put the sunscreen on. I'm like, okay. So like we did that. And then like, oh, let's, let's you know, <laughs> she was just helping me so, out. That's awesome. Was... I'll tell you, I'll tell you after you finish the last question, but on two counts so far in multiple ways, you're actually saying what all of my high school cross country runners say. Um, I'll explain after. So the last question I always ask is, what did you learn from this race that you're going to take to your next race? I didn't learn anything because I nothing. I had a I, I had a great race. Nothing. Let's see. I learned. You did. You did a lot of stuff learned, in this. You you you, you, you five, mentioned a lot of things. Five mile goo thing is good. Um, um, you got new shoes oh. before the race. Electrolytes. You did. There's a lot of stuff you learned. Stay on course. <laughs> Come on here. I, I've done all. Drink that whiskey. Stuff. Don't drink the brown whiskey. That's on from the bottom shelf. Um. Uh. Well. Oh, I should pay attention more. I. I don't know. For the. <laughs> not get lost. You. There's nothing. There's no lessons you're gonna take to the quad dipsy this year. Oh, God. Slow. Take it easy. Because. Yeah. That that would that would help me a lot on the quad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what I'm gonna say this cracks me up because often, and I don't know if this is because they're just trying to kill three birds with one rock, or it's they're always tied to each other. And that is whenever I ask what was what was the hardest part, what are you most proud of, what you learned, they're usually tied together. That makes and sense. oftentimes the high school kids always say the number one thing that they relearn every single race. Cause they'll like go out, like run a five fifteen for the first mile, but they're actually like a seven minute five K runner. <laughs> uh, and they're like, I learned I can't go out too fast. <laughs> Just like, um, which, which does find the face of your philosophy of, uh, you got to bank time at the beginning of a race for Andy's book of training, the forthcoming book of, uh, training with Andy. It's, it's someday. Yeah. Come out. I'm not, I'm not really proud of my responses there. I, they're they're two different things. There's to, totally different races. It's not even it's not even running. I mean, it's it's a it's it a trail. running. It's, it's running. putting one foot after the other, and you're trying to finish. <laughs> just because you're trying to finish at running at a certain pace, or just trying to cover it like it's hot. There's a problem to solve. Like mental focus. I don't know that mental muscle is the same. Okay. Let's 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 reverse it real quick. Take those three questions, and I'll ask the same thing for the Castle Peak 100. So, well, so, so there's there's a little difference because there's there's a year now in between. Mm -hmm. um, but you you're but, you now you have wisdom because you're more mature.
hardest part was staying, was keeping mentally focused in the second half. The uh, thing I was most proud of was trying to keep it together at the very end and stay focused and squeeze in under that um, that uh, Western States cutoff time. And then the, the lesson is that I got to remind myself why I'm out there is I'm out there to have fun. And that keeps me focused. I don't want to lose it. I should have had a shot at Point Mariah. Mm. But I didn't have a shot that night. That whiskey well, would have loosened me up. That could have could have been disastrous. It, it wasn't a good idea. And after five minutes after I had it, but yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's really good, man. Uh, but those are ways to, to recap, but it's a, yeah. It, I mean, you, you're saying this is not a, uh, you know, a run a race. It still is. It's just a different way to exercise that competitive muscle. Cause you're still putting one foot, in front of the other you still care about finishing it's it's still off the heels of that that florida marathon you're right so it's, it, it's still a mental thing well i'm still i'm still on that florida thing a little bit because it's not our it's not our successes it's not our i trained right i everything worked i ate right and i had a great race it is it's our failures um are really bad failures not just in running but like in everything else that like are are really what i think we look at and it's how we respond to any sort of failure or you don't need to use the word failure but like um something doesn't go right in anything and it's how, how you react to it and how you deal with it yeah, how do you solve the puzzle? Yes. Yeah. That's what I think of. It's not so much like success or failure. It's a bunch of problem solving on your on your feet, literally. It's a great it's metaphor for problem for life. solving. Yeah. And, yeah, and if it's, it's oh man, it, it makes me think about so many different things because there's like uh you know, I'm thinking of my grandmother right now and uh she did not have an easy life growing up. Uh, and that's a whole nother podcast, but she's a great, great person. So kind, so nice, just a wonderful person to have as my grandma. And uh, yeah, it's like, how, how, do, how, do you, how do you overcome the adversity? Do you, do you let it eat you inside and just, or do you, um, do you work and make it better? I don't know. I think that's a good uh, good spot to end. Uh, All right. John. Nice work. Nice work. Congrats. That was not. That was yesterday morning, right? Yesterday morning. Yeah. Good All times. Right. Nice job. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Until next time.